This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Friday, folks. We made it. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, ticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez. Clary with you. Hello, Rico. Hello. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, sir. That's good. How are you doing? I'm not doing Bing too bong. bad. I, okay. Just let's get it out right now. Congratulations on your win last night. Thank you. It was a disappointing final play with DeMar DeRozan. It was a disappointing final two minutes for the Knicks. <laughs> it was because, so, I mean, you know this. I had a flag football game at 930 last night. I didn't know that. How'd that go? We'll talk about that after we're talking about yes, basketball. Yes, okay, thank you. Um, anyway, I when I rolled up to my flag football game, it was like a 10-point lead. The Knicks were in front yeah, uh, it with like eight minutes left in the fourth. And I thought, okay, you know what, that's fine. What, whatever happens, happens. And then I get out of my, my game a, a little after 10-20, and I saw that the Chicago Bulls lost by one. Yep, the Knicks let them go on like a 10-point run. For the last two minutes, 10-0, and I'm just like, can we score a bucket, please? Just any type of bucket. And they just refused to, and they mm-hmm. they were trying to hand the game to the Bulls, and the Bulls were like, you know what? I don't want it. Like Nebraska and Minnesota saying, what's two that sound ago. Like? What's that sound like? And they were like, I don't want it. Yeah, so congratulations on your 105-104 to victory. I brought you lunch. Thank so you. So we're, we're all squared away. Great. We're all squared away for me taking your Chick-fil-A drink the other day. One seed in the East. We're all squared away with everything. We're squared away. We're, we're, it's Drinks like a new, new friendship. We are. We're all good to go. Back to square one. Yes. Hello, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Rico. So this is the happy hour. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line. Both of those are open for you all show long. We have uh, a, quite a bit of t- to talk about today. Um, we'll, we'll touch in to my flag football night last night. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit um, before we get rolling. However, it's an exciting couple days. State football is really getting in full swing that tonight. You can hear Happer on the call of Gretna, the five seed against Lincoln East, uh, the Spartans, the 12 seed. Noah Walters versus Zane Flores, kind of the better quarterback matchup that's going on in the state for the playoffs. Let's do it. Um, also, stick around during uh, old school and stuff. Lincoln Southeast actually plays at 430 against Omaha Burke. That's a 7-10 game. Omaha Burke is the 7 seed. And the reason that they play at 430 is because Burke also shares their own field with Creighton Prep because Creighton Prep doesn't have their field. Creighton Prep plays later tonight. Well, they also host a game. So they, that's why Burke is playing southeast at 430. So Wild. I think we'll, schools should have their own fields. Especially a school like Creighton Prep. They have a field. It just doesn't seat a lot of people. and they just Well, they have a soccer field. No, it's they a, have a football field. So they have a soccer. It's like a practice field. Yes, which is which I think doubles as their soccer field. Yeah, but and and I've also played on the. I mean, they have a brand new baseball field that is all turf. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And well, when I was in high school, we played a fresh like my freshman year. We played at Creighton Prep. It, they have like a, a a little practice field that I guess would be the soccer field with stands on one side, mm-hmm. and it, it's turf. It's not bad. It's nice. Yeah, 
but I guess you know they don't want to play there. Yeah, so they share a field with Omaha Burke, which is why Burke plays um, Lincoln Southeast at 4:30. So I'm sure DP and I will keep you updated. Jay will be also um, a part of the show as always, and so we'll we'll keep you updated with what's going on around the state. And then right at six o'clock, right when we're done uh, with old school, we'll send it out to Happer at Gretna. And, and that'll be a good one as well. So, and then after that, as always, normal Saturday programming. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., I'll be here for the high school Saturday show. I'll be joined by Joe Davis of Norris to talk about um, Norris's game against Scott tonight in Class B. Ooh. And then we will also be joined by Luke Mullen of Prep Extra at the Lincoln Journal Star, as we are every Saturday, to kind of break down everything else that's happening around the state because there's a lot of games going on. And once again, if you don't listen on Saturdays, here's my plea to you. Find me on Twitter. Find me on the text line throughout the rest of the day today. And if you have a game that you want to shout out, you want to talk about, if you were there, because obviously I can't get to every single game or can't read about every single game. That would be impressive. Send it my way, because I want to shout you guys out. That's the whole point of Saturday. If you want to call in tomorrow, it's the same number from 9 to 10 a.m., and we will we will be good that way. I always have um, quite a few people that are regulars on the text line, which Rico, you know, because you used oh, yeah. to do the high school Saturday. Show. I know the regulars. They're exactly. great people. Absolutely. So uh, we will be here from nine to 10 and then we'll also get you ready for Purdue, Nebraska from tipsy Tina's tomorrow um, at noon, starting at noon, two and a half hours mm-hmm. before kickoff. And then right after Purdue, a perfect tailgating Saturday, two yeah. thirty kickoff. Tomorrow's going to be the final day that it's going to be kind of pleasant to be outside. You think so? I, th- I think, I think next, it might continue. I think next week is going to be pretty crap. We got way too much rain this, like earlier this week, for the weather not to be good for at least three more weeks. Let's let's look. So at I the, think Ohio State will also be good. Let's look at the ten day forecast, and then the we? bye week will be good. <laughs> but you're not gonna tailgate in a bye. Well, I mean, you could tail- tailgate on a bye week. Next week's not Kinda horrible. Weird. I was wrong about it. Next week is is forties. It looks yeah. like upper forties. Saturday the sixth against Ohio State. 49 degrees is the high, which is not subject terrible. to change. As long as it's not super windy or any precipitation, it's not terrible. So right now it says the wind's going to be about 8 miles an hour, mm. 19% chance of rain, which how do they figure that out? But it's all good, so we'll we'll just play it by ear. But It'll no, rain come out 19% of the area. Come out here to Tipsy Tina's tomorrow, and, and we'll get you guys ready for Nebraska and Purdue. Get some okay. tacos, get some tequila. Flag football. Very briefly, very briefly. Did the gloves and the cleats help? Absolutely they did, especially on defense. I think they helped me more on defense than they did on offense. You get a pick? I, I did not get a pick. I tipped a pass, and then I had fla- five flag pulls, which how did you not? Tackles. How did you not get a pick with the sticky with the sticky padded gloves you had? So I had to play. I, I was like rushing on defense mm-hmm. because in reality, I can't keep up with any anybody's receivers. I'm just not fast enough. And so I would do either delay blitzes, I would blitz, or I would drop back and just kind of hang hang out over the middle. Well, I saw one of their offensive linemen kind of go out for a delayed route, and I I went and tried to jump it. He fell down, tripped me, the pass went above my head, and I, I got my right hand on it, almost mm-hmm. picked it, but I, I just got too excited. Disappointing. So, um, and then I also showed up 15 minutes late to the game because I was working on a project and lost track of time. Lost track of tra- time, so I only played in two or three possessions. I think so. Not not the best night for me. But you won. But we won. We won. So we so play you next will week. Continue. We advance in the playoffs. Okay. Maybe you can use your gloves. Put them to good use. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like I said, the cleats, game changer. Absolute game changer. Oh yeah. Because I actually had traction. 
Um, as always, like I said, 402-464-5685, Sarder Heyman text line, Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Both those are open for you. You can uh, involve yourself in the show that way, as well as on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We we love seeing your comments on there. All right, let's talk about Husker football for a little bit. And this is this is a conversation that I'm going to ask for a lot of um, uh, a lot of input from you guys because I'm trying to get a gauge now that we've kind of made it through a bye week and then another you know game week where it wasn't a game after a game like Minnesota where it was extremely disappointing, right? And and there was a lot of hot seat talk and and looking back on our shows that me and Rico did just on the solely on the happy hour. We, we've kind of stayed away from the hot seat discussion. We didn't want to talk about it. We feel like it's been touched on enough in other shows and, mm-hmm. and you know, before the season, during the season, during the first three seasons. Yeah. And it'll be touched on a lot during the off season. So I feel like you guys are going to get a lot of hot seat talk throughout the the continued tenure of Scott Frost. So we just wanted to avoid that. But it's probably time to have a small discussion. Yeah, and, and that's another thing is – it's okay to avoid it, but also be real realizing that it's going to have like we're going to have to have the conversation and um, to an, to an extent. And so, how are first of all, how are you guys feeling about Nebraska Purdue? Let's let's start with that because um, so I was talking to some of my some of my friends in, in class and stuff this morning, and it was oh you know you know it's Nebraska they should beat Purdue, but then again they should have beaten Minnesota. They should, it's the same story every single time, right? It's Nebraska just needs to worry about beating Nebraska. It seems like that's the conversation week in and week out. We thought they had then, ran out of bullets to shoot themselves yes. in the foot. And then and then I go to actually I go to my barber and I'm talking to, to people in there about tomorrow and, and there's people that just aren't as confident. And so I can't get a read and I've talked to Tom and Bach about it when I've come in for Wingman before we've been on the air and, and I've just been like, How are you guys feeling? Trying to get a gauge. Nobody can get a gauge on, on how we're truly feeling as as a Husker fan base, it seems like. The fan base is all over the map. You've got people that are extremely confident in, you know, they had a bye week. They had two weeks to prepare for Purdue. Purdue is beaten up. They're mm-hmm. missing so many people. They just had a rough and tumble game against Wisconsin after they had a rough game against Iowa. That They, they did win that one, but it was still a rough, you know, Big Ten West game against Iowa and then a, and then a game against Wisconsin. So they're beat beat all to hell. They've got guys missing. Some people, mm-hmm. some, some key pieces are missing the game. Um, you know, you've got one for sure offensive surefire weapon, and Nebraska, you know, with two weeks should find a way to, to, to slow him down down you've got George Karloftis on the line and a pretty solid Purdue defense but again you had a bye week you should be able to mm-hmm. find out ways to combat him and the, the the front seven for for Purdue and take advantage of yeah. of you know the running game the passing game Adrian Martinez is another week healthy mm-hmm. he he didn't have to go through another game where he was hurt and, and try to fight through it so there's so many different things on the positive side that you could take but then on the negative side it's pretty much the same things where it's, well, they don't play good in bye weeks. We don't know if they're actually going to prepare for this well the, the way that they should prepare. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Adrian Martinez has been iffy in games like this. Purdue ha- Purdue is kind of on a heater outside of the Wisconsin. I mean, they upset the number two team in the nation. They've got a good pass rusher. The offensive line is suspect. We're missing a safety, and they've got a, they've got a star wide receiver. So really – all the good things can be the bad things, and all the bad things can be the good things. It's just a, it's just a hodgepodge of emotions, and there's there's so many people on either side of the fence. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you guys how I personally feel, and, and I kind of am just thinking about this as we go through this conversation. And, and we'll get to your text here in a second because I know there's quite a few opinions on here already. Um, I, there's Thinking about how we've kind of navigated through this season – 
and how it's been, you know, down obviously to start with Illinois, then it kind of got up with after Buffalo, even despite it being Fordham and Buffalo. And it's been that roller coaster, right? I mean, ESPN had a graphic about that, and, and it was pretty pretty uh, accurate. And they threw Luke McCaffrey into the transfer portal. They, they sure did. It's such a weird graphic. Um, it worked. I ESPN, mean, Husker fans re- re- related to it. ESPN is on one with these graphics this year. I don't know what's yeah. going on. So either way, though, I mean, it's it kind of felt like, and I remember having the conversation before Michigan, I believe, um, it's kind of jumbled a little bit together, but it was that conversation <laughs> of you feel like Nebraska's finally overcome the the point in where they are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They just need to do more. Like it felt like they were um, trying to the, the special teams was serviceable enough to where you could find a way to win. They had a they had an opportunity to win. Um, you you felt like at, this is after the Michigan State game, obviously, and, and after Northwestern. It felt like the offensive line was kind of being figured out with with the changes there. Despite them, you know, ma- finally making changes four games in, it felt like they had finally, you know, found their way of where once again it was not great, but it was serviceable enough to where Ramir Johnson was was kind of emerging as the guy um, after Gabe Irvin's injury and everything. And you kind of felt like we were past that. I remember, I remember, I specifically said it kind of feels like we're past that that point where you have that voice in the back of your head saying what if, or or Nebraska, what if Nebraska screws up at this point of the game, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you kind of felt like you were past that to an extent. Obviously, as Nebraska fans and as history has shown, it's not, you know, black and white or it's not, you know, just completely, completely in the past. But now, after Minnesota especially, I catch myself this week looking, at, looking on paper and, and I watched the Purdue-Wisconsin game last week and... And despite Nebraska being, you know, minus Deontay Williams, I feel good about Nebraska going into this Saturday. However, this week, especially, and and part of this could be because I've had two weeks to have it marinate in the back of my mind, but also part of it could be how they played against Minnesota, is there's that voice that is saying pretty loud, be careful because you don't know Nebraska is a wild card right now. Plus, when you're looking at history, the, the two weeks of the bye week hasn't helped. They mean nothing. Exactly. They mean nothing to this coaching staff. Um, not not to like throw them under the bus to say they're not doing anything, but in the past you've seen going into and coming out of bye weeks. Um, although Nebraska has played hard coming out of bye weeks, they have not resulted in wins. Yeah, and and okay, so let's get to some of your texts four six four five six eight five. Sarah Heyman text line Honda Lincoln hotline. And and Rico will let us know if there's anything on the stream that is yeah worthy of note. All right, talking about. Nebraska football, Cubsker. I'm feeling a 31 to 24 Purdue win. Unfortunately, ooh, wow. You, you usually if, you're super confident. Yeah, I was not expecting to read that. No, if Nebraska loses tomorrow, you guys won't have a choice but to talk about the hot seat. Okay, put that one in the back of your mind because I want to ta- touch on hit, that here in a second. We're gonna hit on that in the in the, in the middle segment. I haven't decided, Kudoba guy. I haven't decided if I'm going to watch the game or just track it on my phone. Watch the game, Kudoba guy. You could be the difference. Explain that theory, Rico. There's no theory behind it. It's okay. just watch the game. There's just slight uh, slight paranoia. Like, you just watch just watch the game. Okay. Dusty's in the same boat as me. We feel how they play, good and bad. Um, unknown texter, Nebraska 31, Purdue 20. Hot seat talk is silly. Toughest schedule in the country this year. The reason we are in si- the situation we are in is we play, the cha- we play change the coach every few years. You fire Frost, you nuke the program. Who would you want to come here and coach at that point? Um, can we just see this through? Frost got seven years because that's what it's going to take to recycle 
um, it's going to take, or you can recycle coaches again, and let's go two and ten with a new coach, changing everything yet again. I mean, I don't, I don't completely agree, and I don't completely disagree with that entire statement. Um, There's a fine line you have to cross because it's almost of what are you telling your your fan, not not even just your fan base. What are you telling the people within the program, the players within the program, if if you're accepting of a four and eight team, or even if Nebraska goes out and loses to Purdue. We talk about the the word. We we talk about the the road to a bowl game being murky, mm-hmm. the, the water being extremely murky, which it is already. It's very it's very dark. If if Nebraska loses to Purdue tomorrow, it's it's brown. It's as brown as it can get. And um, what what are you telling your fan base if if you're not? making some sort of change, even if it's not at the head coaching position, which I, I told Rico this yesterday. We've I've been sitting on kind of a discussion, which we can talk about in the middle of the segment. When it, I think when we it should comes, still wait on that one. Okay. When it when it comes to just any sort of change, whether that's at the head coach or the assistant coach. Because that's where you have to worry about that line is what are you telling your fan base and what are you telling the people within the program if you're accepting of three and three and nine when beginning of the season, the barometer was set at six. Mm-hmm. How are you okay with switching the the goal, the quote unquote goal, halfway through the season? At to to saying, okay, you know what? If it, if it's four or five wins, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And and I, if if I'm missing something, please call in, text in. We'll we'll for sure get to you because I'm I'm genuinely curious. Is is because personally. Growing up as a Husker fan and and being a fan of this program, I'm not okay with three and nine, even if that is realistic. I'm not okay with four and eight in back to back to back years, even though that's realistic. And if the people within the program are accepting of four and eight or accepting of three and nine after the beginning of the season, when we talk about it and say six or seven wins is the bottom line that we're willing to go. Number one, how are you supposed to trust people? And number two, what what kind of message does that send? If you're saying year in and year out at the beginning of the season when there's all this optimism and Kool-Aid that we always talk about, when you're saying all that, knowing in the back of your mind that when we're halfway through the season and Nebraska is three and five, what are you going to say? Oh, well, I guess four wins is okay. And, I mean, you don't even have to mention, like, the, the Kool-Aid talk from the fans and, and from, from, from people like us and from the media and from, from radio, newspaper, everything. But we heard it straight from the coaches' mouths. Like, this is the most talented roster they've had in a while. Mm-hmm. They told us they were going to do some things that they've kind of let off on, like running the ball, you know, straight straight at people. You know, the the defense is, is playing better than we thought they would play. And I'm not going to say better than the coaches thought they would play. I'm sure they thought that they would be, be fantastic. But the offense is still a work in progress and four years in for an offensive minded head coach who's had explosive offenses his entire time in his in his coaching career it's really something that you have to look at and and question it's it's a wonder of why Scott Frost's offense in four years in Nebraska haven't been able to live up to the the hype that they were they were getting when he first got here and I mean again that's not just us that's Scott Frost in his own words saying the Big Ten will have to adjust to us that's not that's not the media that's not the fans saying this that is from the coach's mouth himself so wondering why the offense is is the way that it is and and that it isn't explosive and putting up the points that they should be putting up is is totally fine and I'm down with hot seat talk man I'm 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 okay with that because 
like we said, he hasn't had a winning record at Nebraska yet, so I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. But the whole, you know, he got seven years because that's what it's going to take to recycle coaches. Well, he, he got, what, four or five years to start his contract, and then he got three years added on to that after two losing seasons, which I still don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I... It, I, I get that people want him to finish out his contract. You don't want to pay the buyout for a coach. But if, if it's another losing season, if there isn't visible progress, which we've seen from the first three years to this to this year, but if there isn't visible progress to end this season, if you don't get two wins out of these last four, at the very least, Scott Frost's hot seat talk is going to be the entire offseason until yeah. something is done or until somebody cools it off. Well, and, and here's the thing is we're getting a lot of talk about the schedule, about next year's schedule, which I actually, w- we, me and Rico want to dive into it on the next segment. So the next segment's going to be loaded, um, and we'll get to those specific texts here. But also, when it goes back to the whole seven-year thing, it's not like at the end of seven years, we can all agree that this year's schedule was extremely difficult. However... When, when Scott Frost signed on the dotted line for seven years or whatever at $5 million a year, it wasn't, okay, in seven years it's going to take you to get six wins in seven years. And right now, sitting here in year four, we're, Nebraska's at three and five. Which you look down and say, okay, next year the schedule lightens up a little bit, but how good of an argument is that? Truly. Tell, tell me that. How, how good of an argument is it for you to say, and, and we'll have to take a break, unfortunately, so Rico, hold on to <laughs> we'll, that thought. We'll get into it, yeah. But how good of an argument is it to say, it's okay that we're, th- we're going to finish this year, Nebraska's going to finish this year at 4-8, and eight, but it's okay because we can expect nine wins next year. How, much are, how, how are you able to say that when in years past, it, they've had an easier schedule than this year, and they're still searching for a for their first bowl game. It's an easier schedule until those teams have winning records, and then all of a sudden it's a hard schedule again. So I, I just so we'll dive into the schedule. We'll dive. We'll continue to talk about this. Send in your text. We'll get to all of these texts. We will not miss a single text. I promise. So send them in. Call them in. Four six four five six eight five. We'll dive into all this next on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.